remember the flood of 1993 fairly well. I was a young child, and we were living in St. Louis. <laughs> Esther, that's extraordinarily distracting. <clears throat> living in St. Louis on the banks of the Merrimack. Merrimack eventually runs into the Mississippi just south of where the Missouri hits the Mississippi. And 1993 was a 500 year flood. It was one that devastated large parts of that part of Missouri, that part of Illinois, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, and, and stretching up both of the, the rivers farther north. I was young enough to be able to understand what devastation looks like and also to see on the faces of adults when they're trying to hide uh, fear, nervousness, uh, frustration. One thing I do remember is, is both of my parents getting very angry at watching the news and listening to various voices from around the country try and uh, tell the people what and why this was happening. And certainly, as is always the case, there's a, a, more than just a few preachers who want to throw in their ten cents on whatever is happening. This was no uh, different occasion. There were many who wanted to throw in and, and offer up different reasons as to why such a disaster would befall our nation. Uh, maybe it was because we were leaving behind the values of our past. Some would say that there were reasons because of different laws that we had passed, or maybe just the moral decay of our society had gotten too much and the Lord needed to act out His vengeance. He needed to offer up His wrath in order to make things right. Well, any good Lutheran, which all of us are just that, would be able to hear that and scoff. We certainly would know that there is no possible way that preacher would ever be able to know the heart of God in such a way that they could say the reason for disasters. If you listen after every time something happens in our country, in our nation, you can still hear some of these same preachers saying some of these things. And hopefully your answer to that is just ignoring them, maybe. Because there is no possible way that we could ever know that. Anything said outside because of chemical warfare. Have we not progressed far enough as a society? Have we not made the leaps and bounds to finally do away with all of these things? Why? Why do they still happen? And there's always that part of us. There's always that part of us that just wonders, where is God's hand in it all? And was He the very cause of it? Is He trying to act out vengeance? Is He finally pouring out His wrath upon us? Maybe if you haven't asked that about those natural disasters or those unnatural disasters, you certainly have asked that question about the personal disasters. About the times where your own life has suddenly changed and changed quickly.
Maybe it was the loss of a relative. Maybe it was a dysfunctional family finally falling apart, or, or maybe it was a divorce, maybe it was the loss of a child, maybe uh, it just the list goes on. Those same questions come to our mind. Where we wonder, is it that God is trying to finally pour out what we deserve? What is it that we have done All life asked that question eventually. Even minutes before coming up here into this pulpit, the question was asked in a different situation. As we consider that, as we think of that, we must remember what today is about. Earlier this week, I saw on one of the social media websites a picture of a father sitting with a little girl and they're reading one of those books telling the story of Jesus. And the little girl asked the question of her dad, but why did he have to die? He had to die because of all of those disasters. He had to die for all of those moments in our lives when everything falls apart. He had to die for everything that led up to each of those moments. He had to die because God knew, God knows, the way this world is and how it shouldn't be that way. There is, in fact, been only one death that has ever been called to satisfy the full wrath and anger of God. There has only ever been one death that has been called for to bring about satisfaction for the anger of God and His wrath. There has only been one person who has died to atone for all of those things. Only one person who can actually bear all of that weight. Jesus. It took one person, the one person who could be perfect, the one person who was there before these disasters were ever introduced to undo the finality of it all. St. Augustine wrote in one of his famous sermons just about this. He says, Man's maker was made man, that the bread might hunger, the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired on its journey, that truth might be accused of false witness, the teacher being beaten with whips, the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, that the healer might be wounded, that life 
might die. And life it was that died. The life that is the light of the world. And for three days, darkness held over the kingdom of this world. The victory prayed that was walked was walked by those who rejected them. The ones who knew and saw the disaster and found those to be the very reasons why they could never hold on to God. It was a death to undo that fear, though. The fear that overcame them, the fear that overcame the world, the fear that overcame the disciples. But know this. Fear. The fear of what may be, the fear of what might happen in our lives, the fear of those disasters, the fear of our families falling apart, the fear of our own sin can only be overcome by life. But the life that overcomes it first had to meet death. It was a death that was not pretty. The disciples did not sit at his feet and write poems of the beauty of that death. No notes of triumph were ever seen out of those three days proclaiming Jesus to be a hero. It was, and still is for some, seen as a defeat, a mockery of all that is right. But those, those who know of what needed to be satisfied, of the reason that death came, do not see it as a mockery. Do not see it as a defeat. But see it as a beginning. See it as what can overcome our fear, overcome our questions, overcome our doubts, overcome our pain, overcome what we sometimes confuse and think is final. Overcome death. Now, what I am saying may not be very popular in our city or in our area of the country or in most people's lives anywhere. That we have a God who had reason to be angry or who has reason to have wrath. But think of why Jesus was sent. As I was writing this sermon, I could not help but think of one of our brothers who had fallen asleep this year, Elmer Hoffman, who lived by and would constantly quote, even when he didn't know the answer to something, he would answer like a Sunday school kid, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. 
All of those things I mentioned at the beginning of this sermon, the wars that we have, the bombs that we drop, those children grasping for breath, the discord that falls into our lives and into our own relationships, into our marriages, the way that we can treat one another, let alone the way we can treat ourselves. Would it not make someone who loves you angry? Would it not make someone who wants everything for you to be the best do something? The cross of Christ shows just what that kind of love is motivated to do. It is motivated to die for us. To come, to live, and to die for us. The cross on that dark Friday and on this Friday here is where we find refuge. The cross got put up on top of a mountain, on top of Golgotha, placed there like a lightning rod in a Midwestern thunderstorm. And as it stood on top of that mountain, all of that wrath, all of that anger, all of that which needed to be satisfied so that we could be protected and find refuge was funneled onto that cross, attracted to it like lightning to a rod, so that all who gather around and at the foot of that cross may be saved, may find hope, may find refuge. The instrument of death for Jesus became the instrument of salvation for the dead. The cause of death for Jesus becomes the cause of hope for the struggling. The cross which Jesus is bound to becomes the undoing of the shackles for you and for me. So as we face these disasters, as we face these questions in our own life, these losses and the way this world can be, we know that it has not gone unanswered. But rather what was sent was a person to satisfy and answer it all for us, to give us the instrument of hope, to give us the cross. Amen? Amen.